Their goal is to bring you a podcast that sounds more like everyone else than anyone else. We need to accept the fact that we are like every other podcast. We want to be special, but we're not quite there yet. It's the Zenial Odyssey Podcast with Remy and Bobby Rocks. On today's show, we have a special guest, one of my longtime friends, one of the most talented musicians I know. Not trying to make you anxious there, Steve, but uh, for everyone who doesn't know, maybe for people we grew up with who know you as Goonie, it is Stephen Hayward. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. How we doing? We're doing good. How about you? I'm all right. I'm still alive. That's good. All right. Excellent. So I'm sitting here with my buddy, Remy, uh, someone I've also known for a long time. I figure I'll let Remy introduce himself. Yeah. How's it going, man? Hey, what's up? Really a big fan of the music. You know, Bob's been running it by me since the first promo and I'm like, fuck, man, this shit rocks. So good on that, man. We we appreciate you. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. So we figure, Steve, what we'll talk about is kind of your wheelhouse. The fact that you... uh, You've been playing music for your pretty much your entire life, all the genres you've been a part of, bands you've been a part of, movements you've been a part of, and just where it's all taking you and what you're kind of working on now. How does that sound? Sounds good, yeah. All right, so where do you want to jump off? We can jump off wherever. You want us to start like early right. days or you want us to start like current or... Uh, yeah, no, it's just, um, you know, it's, it's kind of easy for me because that's like, you know, music's my life, you know, so... um yeah, no, I just started off, uh, I was just a young buck on the farm, and, um, you know, my dad used to play, like, the old, like, Waylon Jennings and, like, you know, Hank, Hank Williams and stuff, so my, you know, my uncle, he was into, like, that kind of music, too, so I would get, like, the acoustic going, he tried to show me stuff on the acoustic, and then my older brothers, you know, so I was, like, probably, you know, like, eight or nine or something, and I'm hearing this, like, really heavy kind of sound of music and i'm like wow what's that you know because just a kid like you used to hearing i don't know like what back then would be like what like you hear like bon jovi or something yeah and then like i was just like okay well what's this stuff you know and then like all of a sudden you get into like heavier kind of music but like the thing is is like it's it's hard like when you know as a, a teenager or something you're trying to find your voice and trying to find mm-hmm. what you're about you know, and music just was like, bam, like, that's it. Um, it's, yeah, it just, it does so much for people that don't know where they fit in the world. Like music is so important to me. So it's, uh, yeah, I started really young and you know, always had different kind of bands and I tried drums, I tried bass and stuff. You know, I always just stuck with guitar, but, uh, yeah, man. Um, yeah. Thanks for liking the stuff though. But yeah, this is just, you know, like, for me, I could have toured the world and everything, but I had really bad anxiety. Yeah, I remember and, uh, you and I talking about that a long time ago, too. Yeah, it just totally takes you under. Like, I think we did, like, a couple of shows in New York and stuff. You know, for some people, they're like, oh, I'm just going to go to New York for the weekend, come back, and it's nothing. But, um, like, for me, it'd be, like, two plane rides and, like, a, a boat ride, you know what I mean? And it's just, like, it's so overwhelming for me, like, crossing bridges and just to get to New York and like people look at me with three heads, like, 
you know, they don't understand like what anxiety can really do to a person. Yeah, you facts, know? man. I mean, I was on, they put me on benzos for a while. Um, so I totally understand that struggle. It's fucking brutal sometimes, man. You just don't feel like you fit in and anywhere you go, you feel like you've been tacked on. It just doesn't feel natural, you know? Exactly. So Steve, I don't mean to switch it up. We can go back to the anxiety, but I did want to ask you a question. Uh, are you, so did you get like formal training on how to be like on guitaring or any kind of music uh, instruments or are you self-taught? Uh, basically self-taught. I um, I went to, like my mom was like, all right, we, we should probably get you some lessons. So I went to about once every week or something, just like in like a couple of months or something. And it wasn't like, I mean, I'm not going to like make fun of the guy to, like that was teaching me, but like instead of like, oh, these are this, like, all right, these chords are this chord, this is this note. It's it's more like, oh, what do you want to sound like? And what do you want to play? So I was like, you know, being a teenager, I was like, oh, I want to sound like Biohazard. I want to sound like Madball. Like, I, w- I want this sound, you know? And he's just like, uh, yeah, you know, I'll bring in a, you know, bring in a CD and I'll, you know what I mean? So I brought in a CD and he was just trying to do like power chords with me. And I'm like, all nope. right, that's cool, but then, yeah, but but I'm like, that's not teaching me, like, what I really, you know what yeah. I mean? So, like, eventually, I would buy these books, like the... Like tablets? Yeah, tablets. Oh, okay. So, they had, like, Rage Against Machine, and I was like, wow, I was looking at it, it looked like math problems, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, I tried, like, playing it, and I'm like, oh, okay, I can do this, right? But the only thing is, is, like, now, with Rage Against Machine, so I had to jump over, like, Nirvana, all those, like, easy grunge playing stuff to, like, Rage, like, using, like, a wah pedal and, like, yeah. you know, metal metal zones and stuff. So it was kind of cool because I was like, all right, well, now I got to train myself to do this. So pretty much, tell you the truth, everything was, like, by ear, by my, you know, by my two ears. That's it. And I just kind of, like, till this day, like, I can hear something and I can either play along to it or, like, play the exact stuff. So, like, I'm definitely gifted and I'm, like, I don't toot my horn at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I love that because people are, like, oh, what are you listening to? And I'm, like, in my car and I'm, like, oh, this is just a song that me and my buddy just recorded that's you <laughs> you know what i mean and like yeah, that feels I'm 40, great I'm, I'm 40 years old you still hear that that's you mm-hmm. i'm like i guess i'm a waste of talent because i'm not like going anywhere but they don't know the whole story you know what i mean so yeah basically yeah i pretty much taught myself because like i learned yeah i learned by ear so steve do you still like play by ear or did have you like trained yourself to a point where you're you're kind of beyond that all right so here's the thing like if you go by that way like Oh, I'm doing this chord. I know how to read music. That's awesome because that's like Berkeley. That's like you using your brain. Um, for me, it's like it's hard to explain, but I can look into the clouds and like feel what I'm playing. And hopefully, people and I've had people say this, like, dude, like when you play, you can like feel your feelings. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And I've been with you when you've done that. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because like if I'm and I get into the zone too, like you could like punch me in the face and I wouldn't even know where I am. You know. <laughs> And, um, yeah, 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 for real though. And, and, and like, if people don't understand that, I don't get mad. I'm just like, okay, well, you're just not into that far into that music, you, you know. And that's cool. Like, I mean, nowadays everybody's like, if you don't sound like Miley, Miley Cyrus, they don't like you. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, and it's kind of like, well, good because I don't want you to listen to my stuff, anyways. You know what I mean? Now you uh, played, you played with a ton of musicians of all different kinds of music. Do you think that's kind of like the norm? Are a lot of them self-taught or is it like a mixture of classically trained and self-taught? Mm, good question. Well, when I was really young, uh, this, this Ryan Atchison, 
he, he was always older than us, but he brought me the attention of like, oh, wow, this is an actual drummer. So like, I know he was like a pro at what he did. So everything, every time we played like, and I didn't know what didn't sound good. Like, I didn't know like, oh, that's not going to sound good. Like, how do you pick that up? Yeah. And he would just be so, he would be so cool about, no, just play it. You know, it'll sound great. We'll just put everything together. And, um, you know, Froggy would be on bass and, uh, Andrew Hines, you know, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. He was, um, he, he, he got me like really into the doors and like stuff like that, but he always wanted to act and stuff. So he had more of a, when he was singing and stuff, it was more from the heart and soul too. And like, it was just kind of cool. Like I kind of learned, wow, like we could just feel what we were playing, you know? But um, yeah, I'll tell you the truth. Like I've learned through all the bands you just have, you feel this connection or you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you either feel each other in it or you just don't. So luckily I've been like really good where like I can, I can attach myself to other people so they don't have to worry about playing with me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I know, I know you well enough to know over the last like 20 plus years that you're pretty, you've been pretty good about speaking to like, if you, if you're not feeling it, you just move on. You're like, Hey, it's just not, yeah, it's yeah. not working out. Yeah. So we, you know, like there's been there's bands now. The band back in the neck and stuff is still playing. It's just like I just couldn't do it with my uh, my stupid anxiety. But like, yeah, like that would that would be a band where I probably would have kept going. Yeah. But now I'm doing more metal stuff, so it's kind of good that I'm not doing that because I'm doing like my roots is like metal. So. Hey man, um, I got I got a question for you. You talk yeah. about your anxiety. I totally respect that. Um, I make a lot of music. Bob's heard a lot of it, but I've never been able to step foot on stage because of anxiety, dude. I just sweat buckets. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. So, but I have a question. Like nowadays, TikTok and Instagram, as much as they're annoying, there are some older musicians who have accounts that just shred and like share notes and do solos that get quite a lot of traction. And I feel like maybe it would be worth trying one of those for you because I feel like that um, anxiety would be less... Cause you'd just be sitting in your own space jamming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so, something to think about, man. Cause there's, you know, people think a lot of people too think they've aged out of social media. They're like, Oh, I'm in my forties. I can't fuck around. Dude. There were like 55 year old guitarists on TikTok getting millions of views, posting solos and shit. So nothing to lose wow. trying. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to lose trying, you know?
Do you do you live post when you uh, whether it's acoustic or electric and you just jamming out? Is that like a live post or is that a pre-record? Oh, for um, Facebook? Yeah. That's like I record it and then put it up, but I like, yeah, like I don't, I don't think I even know how to do the live stuff. Oh, all right. That, um, that's fair. But another thing that you do that I thought was phenomenal is when uh, Chris Piana challenged you and you guys were going back and forth. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, yeah, he's a great guitarist. Yeah. yeah. Did, didn't you, did you teach him or just more of assisted him as he was, as he was he, like picking up the guitar? He, oh, the thing is with Chris Piana there, he's, he keeps saying like I taught him and like I get what he's saying, but like I, I feel like he like took what I could give him and he like ran with that, which to me is like he already had the skill. I just had to like, you know, go, here you go, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just like, and he ran with it, man. And now he's like, he like shreds. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. So he, he kind of had the skill, but yeah, he keeps, he, he actually always tells me that, like, he created a monster, man. I was like, good. <laughs> nice. It makes me think of that movie yeah. Crossroads where fucking Ralph Macchio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guitar duel with Joe Satriani. That shit's crazy. That is, that was, yeah, that was good shit. So, Steve, uh, I want to kind of go back. I think when we met, we met in high school. Yeah. And I think we met through my brother, Tim. And at that time, I think you were, you were straight edge, but you were clearly into hardcore. And yeah. I remember you introduced me to Priority Music and Hanson Mass. Shout out to Priority Music because you, uh, oh, yeah. you were you had bands that played in there, and there were there were huge bands that were in some of the rooms that were in there. And I one of my great memories is when you introduced me to Seven Day Curse, which was like that was basically like our local idols. I don't know about you, but to me, there was a time where I was like, these guys are these guys are like gods. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have um, played that like kind of black metal stuff if it wasn't for like Dan Lawsey and uh, what the other dude was like Scott McDonald, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seventy Curse was like the, and then the Eternal Suffering for the death metal part. They played like Milwaukee Metal Fest and stuff like that. Yep. And um, yeah, but Seventy Curse somehow it was just like they had like they had it all man. They had they were so talented. Do you remember when you they? Uh, I think we met up in the lobby. And then uh, they just, because they knew you, and I was just, I'm just a 16-year-old kid. And they just were like, oh, yeah, if you guys want to, we're going to jam. Do you remember when we just heard them play their album start to finish? Like yesterday, man. Yeah. Yeah, That was sick. Yeah. So, yeah, they shared, did they share the that big room with Eternal Suffering? They did, yeah. And you can always hear the train train go by once in a while. Yeah. So if I want to paint a picture, this was like an old warehouse that had, it had like a music. Now, they had a place where they taught people music, right, Steve? Yes. And then they sold so. instruments and then they they rented out rooms to bands that oh, wanted nice. to record. And a lot of those would be not fly today because they would probably like the littlest, littlest spark would set them on fire. But uh, seven, <laughs> seven Day in Eternal Suffering had this huge room. It was probably like a 30 by 30 room with oh, no like wall to wall windows facing train tracks. Yeah. And the room was separated in half by couches. And then, and then they had like garbage pails with like fake weapons in it. And it's just, it's just this wild set. And you had, you had like full stacks on each side. Yeah. And you could probably, Steve, you could probably cram like a hundred people in that room if you wanted to do a show. Right. Oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a good, that was a good room. That was huge. And so eternal suffering wasn't there. Like maybe they had just been leaving and seven day curse was coming in and they just asked us, Oh yeah, you guys can come in, whatever. And they go through this blistering set of their album and like their girlfriends are just who go, they were like just there doing homework. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Went to college. And I thought that was just hilarious. They just, like, was, was, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like over it. They've heard the song so many times. They're just like rolling their eyes as they're working on college schoolwork. 
yeah, we're, we're listening to like this like majestic like metal that like people would pay like fifty bucks a ticket just to see. Yep. And they're sitting there like doing like all right, two plus two for a good, you know. Hey, get used, just, like, what the get used to it after a while. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, what the hell? Like this is awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we we love that. That was awesome. Seven Day Curse was the that was a good band. Yeah, I know you've already talked about Chokeslam. Would you? Is it fair to say that as far as how big a band has gotten, that Chokeslam was probably the biggest band you were you were ever in? I don't know. That's a tough one. Because, um, like, with... Sorry to say, because, like, with, like, Back of the Neck, at least we, like... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Back of the... I meant Back of the Neck. Oh, I was going to say, because yeah. Chokeslam, that was, like, that was way... That was... Yeah. Chokeslam was, like, your first played, band. Yeah, no. that we played, like, the, the school or something, like, outside, and, like, yeah, that was a long... That was... Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Back of the Neck was definitely the biggest, because, like, we got... All right, so, like, the farthest I went with them was probably, like, Pennsylvania and stuff. Like, it was, like, like the deep Pennsylvania and, like, uh, you know, we do, like, New York shows and, like, um, just weird, you know, like, uh, like, Chicopee, you know, like, I, like, I got to, like, see weird towns in Massachusetts where I'm, yeah. like, where the hell, where the hell are we? You know what I mean? town. So, yeah, but, like, the, th- the thing is with that is, like, that's where my anxiety like really tested, you know, it tested you when you have to like, you know, take off and everything. And, uh, yeah. And so all of a sudden they were like, Oh, we got a chance to play California. And that was when I was just like, ah, man, I, you know, I can't do this stuff. You know, it, it is high. Like I give every, everybody credit that still keeps a job and like still has to like, Oh, I'm going to California, but I'll be back. And yeah. you know, then, that's tough. You know, that's tough. It really is, man. Especially if you're just like, you know, if you have a family or something and they're still doing that, it's like, geez, dude, that's freaking awesome. But, um, yeah, yeah, it really is. It's like balancing two fucking lives. Oh, it's crazy, dude. Yeah, and like, for them not to like be on, you know, drugs or drinking and stuff, like, I, I give them tons of props. Like, they just do their thing, come back home, be, you know, be the father or mother they gotta be, and that's it. I remember when yeah. Back of the Neck went to New York, and yeah. you told me about how you guys were really, you talked about the communities that you ran into there. And you told me about how New York was a melting pot. And what I mean by that is I remember you describing how like hardcore bands were hanging out with hip hop artists, like, because kind of the mindset was they're all people, they're all artists that are, that are just struggling to yeah. get by. So they help. So that, that there's a great community with that. And so you guys, you guys kind of rolled in with a little bit of a plan. You knew you were going to play your show, but you didn't necessarily know where you're going to stay. You just hooked up with like people and then like, it just went from there. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's definitely like a, uh, like, I don't know if it like made other people nervous and stuff, but I'm like, all right, so we're just going to try this out and then whatever goes, goes, you know? And, um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it's definitely cool because the show we played, it was, Death Before Dishonor and, like, some other bands. But, like, there was a rapper that actually, like, performed. And it was cool because it wasn't, like, boo or, like, oh, you're at the wrong show. Or, like, we were all, like, just, you know, how you do, like, the, uh, you know, putting your hands in the air and just, like, slamming them up and down. And, like, we're all, like, loving it. And uh, it was just really cool. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it didn't matter where you came from. It was just, it was awesome, man. That was good. And I think that's great. To, uh, the reason I kind of brought that up and wanted you to talk about it is because I think that's fantastic. Because most people would think that hip, hip-hop artists yeah. and hardcore bands wouldn't get along. But when, it's, well, when everyone's struggling, it's, kinda, it's that, you know, 
Well, go back. Think about Biohazard and Onyx making yeah, songs yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that, that was like one of my favorites, yeah. So what did you do after Back of the Neck? Oh, let me see. I uh, took a lot of years going through rehab and everything and, uh, you know, stuff like that and getting my shit together. And um, and that was like basically it for like a long time because you can't you can't just um, stop drinking and like just, OK, my life's better. Like you have to see what's wrong with your mind to make you want to drink that much. Uh, see, so you, and, took, you took time off to yeah to get yourself right and from the sounds of it did you did you self-medicate i guess would be the way to put it oh yeah yeah, yeah. so it was so you'd wake up and like i'd have to go to work and like you know get up at five in the morning and go be there by six and like i'd have like nips under my pillow or something and uh i'd have to like you know chug those just to like want to go like leave the house not even for like shakes and stuff because i'd still be drunk yeah so like it was it was just to like get like that nerve out of my head just to like go to work you know so like i'd be hammered going to work trying to get through it and then get home still keep the drunkenness going pass out do the same thing again so by the weekend came that was my time to rest instead of partying because i already did it all week you know so it wasn't like fun. It was just to keep myself alive and like moving, you know? So like drinking to me was just like, I lost myself completely, but I wasn't like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like I didn't, like I would drive and stuff through all this. Like it, like people wouldn't even know I'm drunk at work. Like they were just like, if they smelled it on you, then they'd be like, oh, he's been drinking. But it's like, I haven't stopped. You know what I mean? So it was like, like 10 straight years. Well, no, maybe not 10, but like, eight years or something, but just that just like booze every day through my system. So, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was scary shit. So yeah, I, I remember I was, I was remember yeah. being with you some of those times, but so how long yeah. would you say that you kind of stopped playing music? I never stopped. Oh, you mean like in band, bands and stuff? Yeah. Uh, Cause I've always played guitar. Like I just like, you know, keep it up and play it. But yeah, with band, bands and stuff, since back of the neck, since like 2006 or something like that, till till now, yeah, yeah, because it's a long time. More recently, this is what what you're doing right now is like the last several months, right? Yeah, has yeah hasn't even been a year. Wow. Yep. So, so literally, it's like you took like 15, 16 years off from recording, or no, not even just recording, yeah. but just playing with other other musicians. Yeah. And I probably didn't actually tell you the truth. I think I just lied. Like, I don't even think I picked the guitar up because when I was sick and stuff, I couldn't, I couldn't even get out of bed or anything. I couldn't, I, I need a potato, potato chip and I'd have to lose all my functions, you know, cause like I was, I, you know, I lost like a hundred and something pounds. I was sick. Um, you know, like, yeah. So it was like, I couldn't even pick up a guitar, you know? I remember trying to throw a, a basketball in the hoop at like the Y because I wanted to get back into shape. Yeah. And it literally, it, it would, it wouldn't even bounce off my hand. Like it just like fell down me. Like I was so weak. And now, now I can pick up like a truck and throw it through the wall. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> no, but uh, no, I feel great now. You know, I'm like, wow, I got my strength back in more, you know, and, and to play with uh, Andy right now, like, it's like I found myself again because, like, well, you know, Bob, like, you saw me and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm still, like, the kid from high school, you know? Like, my face and stuff because, like, I'm so, like, healthier now. So, like, I'm so blessed right now, dude. Like, I did the right thing and, 
kudos you know, man congratulations playing. that's huge bro oh yeah no thanks man i appreciate it and um yeah just playing again is like the best thing ever like you know and he he doesn't drink either so like we're good to, to you know it's good yeah no negative influence on one or the other exactly yeah so I had a question is that, I mean, what for you learning guitar and learning to play, is there one particular song or solo like out there on an established song that you were like fucking that, that basically gave you a bunch of shit before you learned it? Like, is there any tracks that just like you like, Oh fuck your Mount Everest. Yeah. There you go. Oh, um, so something that I put out there, that's like my best, you think? Well, something like, like a song that's already established, like a fucking, you know, just any kind of song where you had to learn a solo, like, or is there one particular guitarist you want to shout out as like being the most influential? Dan Lawsy. <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys. Yeah. Bob's asked every great question that can be asked, essentially. <laughs> I always fucking forget yeah, that. Yeah. He's good at his job. Yes. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, because Dan Lawsy was like, yeah, like when I saw Dan Lawsy play back then, like, like I don't even know if you knew it, Bob, but like back then, I was getting willies too. Like, oh my god, I wish I could shred like that. Yeah. And uh, and then I started over the years doing that, and then I guess they, so they call it kind of like a black metal, but it's not like black metal like you're over, you know, like you're Eastern Europe. What is it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like that. It's not like you know Satan and stuff. It's more like the sound of it is just. The two it has to be two guitar players, and they like they do different octaves together, and it sounds like, I mean, Iron Maiden probably did it the best like way back in the day, but now add the speed to it and like a fuck you attitude to it. I was gonna say it kind of like it kind of sounds like you're talking about inflame like early in flames. Yeah, yeah, in flames and stuff. Yeah, like that stuff. But but we put more of a like you know, like, you know, like a real deep voice behind it and like a high pitched voice behind it. And it's just, we call it the black metal, but it also has like the breakdowns, like I'm going to kick your face and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> Hardcore. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it literally is like, it's almost like fuck the world. I'm living today and go fuck yourself. Like that's the shit we play. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, was... um, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So what are you guys, uh, what are you, what is your goal with the, the music you guys are creating now? Ah man, it's it's actually like it's just been so good. So like I'm thinking, we're just gonna record another. Yeah, because we just did one today, but we just we couldn't do the vocals. We ran out of time, but we're gonna do that. Do one more, and then we're gonna try to like put it on Spotify. Um, and I think that's it for that. But I'm also gonna have a punk band on the side, just with like me and a couple others, and. Uh, he's going to do like another thing for him, but more like a beat down hardcore thing. Yep. So yeah, there's, there's, st there's stuff coming out, man. Definitely. Um, you know, for, I can't wait. Yeah. So yeah, for the plan on this one, we're just going to, yeah, we're going to throw up a demo on Spotify and then hopefully, you know, cause it's already on SoundCloud, but like, we don't want anybody to really know about it yet. Cause like some of those tracks were like still mixing it and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, probably, probably in like, you know, five months or something, everything will be like up on Spotify. Everything's fine, you know, and I can't wait. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, man. Congrats. Yeah. This is the great yeah. thing about technology now. Oh, yeah. You can be an introvert and have anxiety because you can still luckily make that shit and give it to the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know, man. I, a lot of people on Facebook like it. I'll just be like, 
jamming on the acoustic and people love it and it's like man i wish i could like you know go somewhere and play that and it's like well dude you can just do it from your house and send it over you know nah, for real man social media has got to, as much as it's a fuck show it definitely has its benefits <laughs> yeah honestly steve i think you show what you show on facebook is what social media can be a good thing like when yeah. going back to like you and chris just playfully like trying to outdo one another with the guitars and it, it was an, it's a nice change up for me from all the bullshit that can go across my newsfeed. Oh, well, that, well the other day there's some, um, I'm not going to, you know, spurt out too many names, but yeah, like one of them was like, uh, Oh man, we need this today. That sounded awesome. You know how blessed I felt after that. I was just like, dude, I'm just like this guy just jamming out, having a good time. And that like woke somebody up. That was like, finally something happy coming from somebody that gives a shit about what's going on. And it wasn't even about the, you know, it was just about me or being a man or whatever, trying to make it. And that was it. And like that helped somebody else out. That's right. There's like, you know what I mean? A million dollar song, like, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, our show is kind of like the, the foundation of our show is kind of talking about people who are our age and how we've gone through life and what I love about what you can bring to the table, which we've kind of talked about already is you've talked about music from a standpoint that I think most people don't think about. You've talked about metal and hardcore and you've talked about just um, one, one of my favorite things is like the underground music of the eighties. Like to me, that was like, it was awesome. Like bands created their own record labels, which you guys probably experienced that too. But, but bands created their own <laughs> magazines and bands really like were busting their ass to get their names out there. And I feel like with technology now, like that should be like even easier than what went on in the eighties. It, it's like, it's almost too easy. Like I, you can literally just, you can like, I think it's already happening. Someone can just take like a, you know, Biggie Smalls beat rap over it and like not sell it, but like still get like a, a shitload of views. You know, yeah, and I I like that because it gives some people that don't have any music experience, like it gives them something to like feel hopeful on, or maybe they'll they'll play it back and be like, wow, I gotta get better. And like people don't think like that; they just go, oh, they're just ripping someone off and like not original. Yeah, I get that too, and I I want to kill them too. But like the thing is, is think about on their side, they're probably like, wow, I want to be like that. So for like little kids and stuff to just like do that like maybe they'll like find their music you know they're they're um they'll they'll find their soul through that and actually be like you know like how i am today with guitar like i can play that thing blind you know blind like what do you call it like um yeah blindfolded like i can play that thing like okay like these kids could be that in like 20 years and like love it you know so it's like i never judge anybody like that it's like if you want to go out there do that leave leave the people alone you know and then like that guy will find his voice that woman can find her voice like i love it man i think the technology is like for that stuff is really cool but people that are getting big off of that stuff that's where i i draw the line because it's like dude you're just pressing a button and you just made like a billion dollars like i you know what i mean because i'm sitting here with an acoustic that barely works and i'm like singing my heart out yeah i, I might have just saved someone someone's life that day which is more than money to me but it's still the principle of like dude you're pushing a button and you're making a billion dollars like how the hell does that work but that's the kind of industry the cutthroat industry 
another shout out to Chris Piana. We used to do that, you know, like we were going to have it called that cut, cutthroat industries because that's what it is. Like they cut people out and just the real people with talent get screwed. And then the other people, half the music out there, it's people behind them writing the music. It's not them. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's it's crazy. Like even Elton John, half of his stuff is from his partner. Oh, not him, Topper, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, Bertie Topper wrote, yeah. wrote all of his uh, hits. Yeah, yeah. which... Uh, I'm sure a lot of people know that, but the people that don't, that sucks. They just think Elton John's, I mean, he is a talented guy, obviously it's Elton John, but like people think he did like everything. That's like, no, you know what I mean? Like the brains behind Elton John was the other guy. He should actually get more credit, but it's not like that. It's, he, you know, Elton John's like the puppet, you know what I mean? And I don't think it should be that way, but it will always be that way. You know, <laughs> cutthroat industries. <laughs> I think I think you and Rem could have a good conversation about that, about, about just yeah. the the nature of the beast. Yeah, man. It's, it, yep. it, it, give us five hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah. Oh, I say, oh, the the industry is just so bizarre, man. Yeah, it's not meant yep. for us anymore. They're trying to age us out, man. Oh yeah. They That's don't want it. people like us doing it. They yeah. want young people that they can brainwash. That's just the formula now. Yeah. That, yeah, that's all it is. That's it. Yep. You know, people with talent. No, we don't need you. <laughs> so, Steve, what would you uh, what would you say to some young uh, aspiring uh, musicians uh, to kind of give them advice? Well, I would say just definitely don't give up. Like if you, you know, if you're sitting there and you're breaking your strings playing, if you're breaking your drum set, just that you know, don't give up. Just start off slow and get to know it, and always listen. You know, don't think like you know it all. Just always listen. Always listen to old blues, jazz, even if you hate it. Just like try to listen to like stuff that was big, but it was big because of the talent. You know, like always listen to the old stuff. Like, um, you know, some people don't like Elvis because they thought he was a puppet, dude. Elvis was like awesome at it, like everything. Like he was, you know, someone like that or Johnny Cash, like. I don't care if they're like, oh, that's old people's music. Like, no, that's where the heart and soul came from. If you if you don't learn that, then you're going to be a puppet with, you know, you'll be making money, but you'll be a puppet. But uh, you got to play for you first, just like how I quit drinking. You have to quit drinking for yourself. You can't because your girlfriend goes, ah, oh, get, get out of here, you drunk. You know, stop drinking. You, you can't stop because of that. You know, you have to, like, want it for yourself. So whatever you think is going to help you, do it, you know, like that's it. Like you got to do it for yourself. If it's in a, if, if it's in, you know, good, a good cause, you know, like it's not going to hurt anybody. You got to just do it for yourself. So yeah. For the young people, man, just, yeah. Listen to the stuff that you might not like, because you're going to end up getting older and you're going to end up liking it anyways, you know, cause that's where it all came from. Yeah, I know. I agree with that, Steve. Uh, you know, before we leave, I just, number one, first and foremost, because another thing on on this podcast that Rem and I do is we're big on male positivity and men talking about things that we don't usually talk about. So I just want to take a point to thank you for being comfortable enough to talk with us about your anxiety and kind of your your demons and all that. I know on episodes, uh, and Rem and I have talked about ours, but I think it's always helpful when uh, more men can can talk about that and we can kind of break the cycle of toxic masculinity facts yeah so thanks for sharing man we appreciate it and yeah. good job on com- be, like basically getting ahead of everything that was getting ahead of you oh, i appreciate it you know you gotta fight them demons oh that's yeah. true man all right so <laughs> so thank you very much for the time steve 
And thank you for right. giving us the intro music, man. It's fantastic. Yeah. We're, looking, we're looking forward to playing and hearing more, dude. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you guys. All right. Take care, Steve. All right. Take it easy. Bye. Yeah. So. Oh, we're still. We're still. Yeah. So I figured we could just do a quick wrap up. So, yeah, yeah that, that was Steve. Uh, Steve, man of many words, but not at the same time. Um, no, well, yeah. He's good, man. He was open. He's, you know, we've been using his music and it, it fits well with the vibe. And um, it was good that he knew this was a safe place that he could talk about struggles and his exactly. own issues because that's what helps other people listening. You know, I, I, I'm. I relate to that a lot. Music would have been the main thing that I focused on in my life if I had the ability to play out, but I, I fucking freak out, dude. Yeah. So, so I understand it completely, you know? And like you said, the fact that he's got the open source of the internet now, it's so great for people like him because, like you said, sharing those videos on Facebook and shit, man, hey. And he's obviously affecting people and reaching them, so. And I'm going to yeah. do an air high five with you right now because what we just did there is networking. Yeah. And, yep. I, I view that as a two-way street. He can help us. We can help him. Yeah. And I'm more than happy to help to help out Steve. He's fantastic. Yeah, good dude, man. So, yeah. And I'm glad that uh, for anyone who downloaded and then is going to listen to this episode, I'm glad that you guys stopped by as well and got to experience that. If you made it all the way to the end, we appreciate yeah. you. And especially for this one, by the time this episode comes out, links will be on the website. When links will be through the Facebook page, links can be on our our news feeds for how to get to find the music that Steve is working on that he was talking about, especially on SoundCloud. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, but until then, everybody, thank you again for stopping by. Stay dry, stay cool, and stay sexy. I have my friend Steve Hayward here. Steve, welcome back. Thank you, sir. Do you find it's fucked up that we're, we're so far away from, from September 11th, 2001, uh, yeah. that to a, to a lot of people out there who are like 20 years old, they're just names? You can't blame those kids. It's like how they grew up. They'll never know street smart because they're constantly inside yep. playing games. He did this study for people you know, in their mid-20s, early 20s in the workforce, and what he found is that you know, your parents really did you a disservice. And There's kids doing like, you know, kick flips, bet, you know, into a somersault to a, a roundhouse kick and like never hit anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's how you get into that song. You can lose yourself so quick in a fantasy relationship. It's okay to be selfish once in a while. Yeah. And people don't do that, then you're going to drive yourself nuts. Find the XOP on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, our Facebook page, or YouTube. Mm-hmm.